I'm Aaron Cathy, and it's day 17,234 of quarantine. And this is Creatives in Quarantine, a podcast about what people in advertising are doing while locked up during these unbelievably strange times. This week, I talk with Maddie Kramer. She's a freelance ACD art director. You definitely know her work. She was a part of the award-winning This Is a Tide campaign, just to name one. And she's creator of Invisible Creatives, an initiative that celebrates and helps surface the best invisible talent in the creative industry all over the globe. The aim is to bring diversity to the workplace, specifically females to the advertising industry. And this discussion could not come at a better time. So I'm excited to get into it. So let's just do that. This is me talking to Maddie Kramer in quarantine. All right, Maddie, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you, Aaron, for having me. <laughs> um, so I like to ask uh, this question every time I interview. It's the it's, first question is the worst question, and that is, uh, how has your quarantine been? Oh, it's been interesting. I think, uh, I don't even know what day we are of the quarantine, so uh, it feels like every day is the same. But it's, it's day been... 15,350. <laughs> Something like that, right? Yep. It feels like a little bit of every day. It's like, oh, same day. Uh, but yeah, it's been interesting. I think I, I had time to focus on my side projects and like kind of like reinventing myself in a way. So I, I put in a lot of effort to, to focus the energy where I wanted to put it for a long time, which is kind of exciting. Also like everybody else, I learned to cook and I started baking. And so, yeah, it's, it's been good. I, I cannot complain. I have my days like everybody else, but I, I think it's, it's not that bad as, as I thought it was going to be. What's, uh, what's your favorite thing that you've baked? So I'm, I'm Argentinian uh, originally. So I, I learned how to do alfajores, which are like, kind of, it look, it's like two cookies, uh, like a sandwich cookie, like whatever, with dulce leche inside of it. So I, I made them from scratch. This is the first time. They were really good though. And I gave it to friends. They approved. So because my yeah. husband approves too, but you know, he has to say he likes them. He doesn't have a choice. Oh, okay. Oh, he has to say he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. I know how that works. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the, not the baker, but I feel like I'm the cook around at my house. And, um, and my girlfriend doesn't care whether, uh, you know, she'll be honest with me. She'll say if she doesn't like it. So I just know yeah. not to make it again. No, no, he does <laughs> too, though. But, but he, he approved. He approved. I think that was, like, exciting that I tried that. And then my husband is Peruvian, so I'm trying to do as many Peruvian dishes yeah. as I can. So, yeah, it's exciting yeah. to learn these new things. that We don't know that we had the talent for it. Yeah, totally. I, I started, I picked up the ukulele. Like, I think oh, uh, I love this, like, period of time to take, you know, I mean, you're obviously really, really busy, like, taking, like, you know, I mean, baking takes a long time, but taking a little bit of time to, like, do something for yourself and, like, add another skill to your, you know, to your arsenal is kind of fun. Yeah, exactly. So talk a little bit about yourself, um, you know, um, how you got into advertising, what you're doing now, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Long story short, I, so I'm from Argentina originally, was born in the States in Argentina and then moved to Miami when I was 15. So I've been here for a while, 19 years or so. And I always kind of loved like the PR angle of like, this, like advertising. Like I always thought myself to see myself in advertising as like more like in the PR angle, but 
I was so afraid of writing in English and expressing myself in English because it wasn't my first language mm-hmm. that I was like, well, maybe I do advertising. And like my dad used to work in, in GWT for a lot of years in Argentina. So I knew about the business. I kind of grew up really close to commercials and all of that. So um, in the time when I had to pick a career, I just picked advertising, like mostly the marketing side of it. And I went to this uh, school called the Art Institute where I was there for four years and I, it was much more focused in design. So I, I think that I understood that there was like another level of it uh that is part of like an art director or a copywriter even though like a lot of universities doesn't teach you that like yeah. somehow i knew about it and end up i graduated in 2008 so i know everything about the crisis uh and i <laughs> yeah. yeah you were you were born into crisis here yeah so i literally graduated there was no jobs no market no nothing so i was an intern for an year in an agency in Miami, like a small design shop. And, and what, one of the owners was a teacher at Miami Art School. And he's like, you will love it. You're, you'll be great at this. So he kind of pushed me to, to do Miami Art School. And that kind of opened my door to advertising. And, and since then, I lived everywhere. I, I went to Miami Art School, did a second year. The second year, I did internships in Stockholm, in New York in san francisco uh and then after graduating i went back home to miami and started freelancing for a little bit and then i moved to la didn't like la and then i i moved back to miami for a little bit i after like one year of freelancing i was like i need to keep learning so i went to crispin as an intern Mm -hmm. again and i think i learned so much didn't sleep for like months Crispin in Miami or Crispin in Boulder? Miami. Miami, okay. Yeah. okay. Before the office closed, yeah. Oh, okay. I was really excited because it was like the time where like Miami was kind of picking up again and like uh, Chuck Porter was there and like Aaron was there. Like there was like... Uh, was, Dave so Schwartz, was Dave Schwartz there? I don't know. Okay. I, I was working with um, Tony Gahara and like okay. Russ... Yeah. And like all these awesome creators that then went to David and did all this amazing work. Uh, it's just like, I learned so much, even though I was like really young and like, uh, I don't know, it was like that experience we all wanted to have, right? It's like a crisping and it was like 2011 yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like nights sleeping at the agency and eating a lot of bagels and <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, so I think it was really cool. And then from that, I, I started like a full-time job in a Hispanic agency called Conil, where I was there for like a year and a half. And it was really cool because it was six creatives and, and that kind of like taught me a little bit of how to be like adaptable in a sense, you know, like you needed yeah. to have more than one role. And like, yeah. uh, but I was eager to know more and learn more. So I uh, ended up coming to New York for a little bit to do like the summer camp in NYU for like technology, which kind of like, nerdy stuff and i don't know like end up going back to to la even though i didn't want to and i loved it there the second time around and uh from there i moved to austin and from austin i moved to mm-hmm. kansas city where i was there for two years what were you doing in kansas city i was part of vml oh really yeah. what, what years i was in from 2000 15 to 2017 mm. in Kansas City. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
And then from there, I came to New York, where I was at Saatchi for two years, Saatchi, mm -hmm. New York. Uh, and I was part of uh, the team that created Tide at work. So yep. that was kind of fun. Yeah. And, and from there, I went to Anomaly. And here we are now. And in the middle, I, I always say that I kind of split in two in a sense. But I, I do a lot of side projects that I love. And uh, it's a little that fuels my my book and my creativity and what's what gets me to one place to another mm -hmm. do you get <clears throat> i mean you you've made a lot of work do you get like oh yeah you're the tide ad creative like when people you uh, know, sometimes i actually because i have invisible creatives and i did the woman card and like a lot of my side projects yeah. i end up get hiring get higher because of that than tide ad, which is yeah cool in a sense but it's much more my personality i think uh say that it's something i'm really proud of but I, I i wouldn't say like it defines me as a creative you know like i think it's amazing and i what i loved about Tyra besides the work is the team i had to work with mm -hmm. and uh the cco i work with he he's amazing so i think we're such a great diverse of people like working together and like the pro like the process of creating the title was was it was so meaningful yeah. that it made all the awards and the campaign so worth it, I think, you know, and, um, and also I will say that my, my now husband also was part of the title and he went to a shoot and used Isaiah Mustafa to, to record a video to propose to me. So I cannot complain. Oh. It, it gives me more than just. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. It was really good. Yeah, so I think it has like a little bit of mo like emotion attached to it because of it. But uh, yeah, I, I say that I think agencies end up hiring more because of my industry critics or my mm -hmm. woman card. Like my side projects are like have so much momentum mm -hmm. that it reflects a little bit of the personality I have. And yeah, yeah. And I, I uh, so before we get to invisible creatives, so I do want uh, you know with. You know, with the tie dad work, I mean, I worked on a Super Bowl spot and it was hard to do one, one spot, but you had to do like six, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a lot. 10 commercials, yeah. Um, 10. Oh, overall, um, because we had some teasers and. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be pretty grueling, right? Yeah, it was 11 of us, 11 credits. Yeah. Uh, which it was pretty cool because it was like we took it more like a writer's room right like we will have like days to to like put scripts together like art directors and copywriters like work together to bring it to life it wasn't yeah. like you just go there and do your thing it was more like we'll sit together in a room and it's like what do you think of this what do you think of that mm -hmm. and we have like i would say 10 scripts just of the the old spice guy like versions without the double horse versions with like you know like three versions of the double horse and like it was really cool and then uh, actually like during the shoot uh we had to change some spots uh because the clients wanted to make something new and then like uh so a lot of the the, the spots we we had to rethink during the shoot that week during so, the shoot so like not not the not spots but like scenes inside the spots right so like we had to replace some of them so 
uh, it was kind of interesting to be like, okay, what should we do? You know, is this something cool? And like you just go to the arsenal of all these different scripts you had like written. And then the other thing that happened that we wrote a lot because of that, it's like they will come to us and like, there's a partnership with NBC. So we like, we'll write things for NBC or there is a yeah. partnership with the Olympics. So we write and then they will die, you know? <laughs> so you have to like have everything ready just in case. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it was so many of us. Uh, and that was the only way you could do it because we sold the idea in November and we shot it in January and it's out in February. <laughs> so, if, so you if you don't have so many creatives, then you would never made it, you know? It's like, then we divided in Concord. Like there was like four edit rooms. Everybody was sub-editing everything, you know? Like, and yeah. then we would come together and be like, okay, what about this? Like, is this working? What do you think? You know, like it was like we took over an edit house, like a first yeah. production house, and like it, it was all of us and like editing in different rooms, and it was really fun. We That's gained a, a lot huge of weight. Team. <laughs> That's a huge team. It was really fun. Yeah, it was a big team, though. But actually, the cool t- stuff that it was like one Australian, one Peruvian, two Argentinians, one uh, uh, Italian, two Brazilians. And four Americans. Man, that's awesome. That's yeah, like it's really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Is that your? That wasn't your first Super Bowl spot, though, right? That was my first Super Bowl. Oh, uh, and the funny thing is, I it goes to, uh, full circle because my first ever like full time agency was the Hispanic agency for Sachi. Mm-hmm. My first ever client was Tide. Wow. Spain. So like years later, I end up doing like the Super Bowl spot for like a brand I just started, and it was really fun that I get to like see the whole the whole experience, you know that, yeah. and coming back to that, and yeah, and and the cool stuff it's most most of us only one creative couldn't make it. We all went to Cannes, you know, like it was like the whole experience was all of us together, like so it was really fun. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. my uh. My experience with the Super Bowl spot, my very first spot, um, I always imagined, you know, it was like, oh, man, I can't wait to, like, watch this with a bunch of friends during the Super Bowl. And the reality was, was uh, I watched it in my underwear at my, in my apartment eating a cake <laughs> by myself and then going to sleep. Because as you know, it was just a, it's just a, such a grueling process. I can't imagine like doing oh. so much work with that. But it's yeah, it's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. We watched it together, though. We were working that day because it was like, you know, now you have to do war rooms and things like that. So yep. we watched it together, and it was really funny. Like some people didn't really want to watch it because we're like, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. Because you're like expecting. We didn't know what, if people were gonna make, like understand it, you know. We're like, maybe this is too meta, like they're not gonna get it, you know. And like, and the best part that happened to us was like, the bad, we had a Budweiser spot, and the people thought like it, there was like a Budweiser spot, and then right after, it was our spot, and yeah. the the Kleisers were ours. Like we we made a dealer, like we partnered with Budweiser to have yeah. them and. And people thought they're actually seeing the Budweiser spot because it just happened. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it was like, oh, my God. It, like, we didn't even know that was happening, you know? Like, it just, like, you don't know what, what side, you don't know what quarter you are, but you don't know when are you coming. So, yep. like, it was perfect just because of that. So, uh, 
yeah, it, it was, we were really nervous because we're like, what if it doesn't work and people doesn't going to understand it? It's like advertising, talking to advertising. But it, it, Twitter went crazy and that's when we knew. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm so jealous of that work. Um, oh, thank you. But it's, it's awesome to be able to talk to you about it. Um, so, you know, getting into Invisible Creatives, um, give a little bit, bit of background on that. You've been working on Invisible Creatives for for quite a while but yeah, yeah two years so. and a half actually right after Tidad. uh so when i when i i did Tidad, like it was such an amazing experience and then things shifted at the agency the cco left and like uh hey you start to think you know like what where is your place at the agency you know and like i think i somehow uh, I was I was in a place of privilege where I, I, I got hired by the CCO, you know, and like uh, got to work in an amazing staff. But sometimes when like that person leaves, you kind of get to know where you belong, you know. Yeah. And and I started thinking of like how I felt and how I, I I can reflect what I felt like maybe other people felt as well. So Invisible Creatives kind of came came to fruit, kind of like of creatives like me that I felt like needed like a space where they, they can see you in a sense. And, mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of like inspired, but like I have a friend that started uh, another list uh, that is most more focused on uh, in like leadership that was our female and that I always forget the name of the, it's like where the boss ladies are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and my friend Mara started it and like, and it was really inspiring, but I was like, you know what? It could be so cool that you also show how much talent there is in lower low roles, you know, like people that have as much visibility. So yeah. that's a little bit how Invisible Creative started. It started in a Google sheet, like online, and they crossed it around, like friends of friends of friends. And like, uh, and I thought it was really important to be global because yeah. um, obviously there's like the states needs help still but it's way more advanced than other countries and like in order to you show that there's like only 10 creatives to be part of it on peru on argentina on i don't know india you know or or pakistan like you show how much it's needed you know how many more creatives you need to hire um so that's how the the project came to life uh and then from the google sheets we had to close it because someone changed the name to Handmaids. So we thought that we shouldn't have that Google Sheet open if someone decided to, to be mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and from there, we, I kind of transitioned to a square space, uh, which I uploaded each book individually for like six months. Uh, and there's like 47 pages worth of books. Like, oh, now we have way more, but before, okay. like at the beginning we had, like when we launched it, like we literally put it like online on Facebook and like LinkedIn, like uh, me and the partner I used to have before, like we just promoted it and it got picked up, like it got really viral in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when that happened, we had, I think the first two weeks, 400 books. Uh, and I uploaded each of them individually myself to Squarespace yeah. and like kind of learn how to like cheat Squarespace to put as many countries as I could and like upload the things and 
if they didn't send me the picture, I had to go to the books, make it like it was such a, but I didn't enjoy it so much because I knew I was doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when it got that big that I couldn't do it anymore, you know, like I think Squarespace didn't even let me to upload more people, you know, like it was insane. Yeah. Uh, I found a great partner, uh, a web developer who works in Argentina and like he's been helping us keep it afloat. <laughs> uh, and he created an actual database that we can rely on WordPress. So, um, and I've been learning WordPress now. So it's kind of cool that I know how to use it a little bit and like try to do things myself. That's uh, a, that's Javier, right? Shout out yeah, to Javier. Yeah. Javi, yeah, yeah. He's the best. Oh, I, I, I'm like seven in the morning. This is not working. And he's <laughs> like, my, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Javi, it's amazing. And he, um, so he helped me like literally do the site. He is a partner. He does it for the love of the project. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's always awesome to have an ally, you know, that believes in that and yeah. idea like this. Um, and yeah, and, and since I think we have now, I think I checked last week and I think we have 1,300 books uh, and 43 countries. Yeah. And yeah, I, I've been growing since the quarantine. Actually, we grew a lot because I had so much time to like focus on the project that we put so much like content together for Instagram. Like I think we started the quarantine with 2000 followers and now we have uh, 3,500 followers. So Mm -hmm. it's not that bad for three months. Uh, So it's been fun. Like um, that's a little bit of the work we're doing and and yeah, how it came to life. Yeah. One of the things that it says in the site that I really love is like, it's we believe that the lack of female lens in the advertising world has a direct impact on the marketing messages that we see. Yeah. And which is totally true. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been briefed on a, on a project for a female brand that like that had no female representation on it. And it, and it happens all the time. And I think, you know, yeah, um, it's, it's hard to balance. I think, I think the Tyra example is the best one, right? Like when you have diversity in the room, the best work you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like, for example, one of my favorite campaigns is um, uh, the Bulba campaign that it's from last year. We're like celebrating the Bulba. And that, that are what I, from what I know, there are two guys who did the, the idea, but the director was female. And I yep. think you can see the balance, like the, craft of the idea how they put the idea together it's all about the film yeah and you can see it right like it, it, you see the the point of view of a female director on the piece which i think it's so amazing yeah, yeah. shout out to free the bid yeah i love that initiative when it when it came about too yeah so yeah so you guys work with uh with recruiters do you work directly with agencies as well to kind of like help them source you know so we are in the process to really transparency. We're in the process to get more in, into like inviting more agencies and recruiters to be part of the site, which has uh, added a job board. So that helps also uh, get more recruiters to use the site. We can understanding how it works. Like, and, and now we are uh, 
do it for the love of the project. We're not making any profit. So uh, I think we, we still like trying to our business cut on and understand how we can actually make a profit in the sense so we can pay ourselves salaries and pay the developer a salary. And, uh, and that is something we uh, are kind of talking to friends we have in the industry to see how we can make it better. And if like recruiters really love it and there's, they look for creatives a lot, but I actually think it created a big community for the female creatives. And that's something that um, is really important just because they see each other, you know, and like go and like see what other uh, creatives are doing and the type of work they're doing. Agencies, we're trying to make them part of it uh, more now than they, we, we did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I changed partners uh, since I launched. Uh, my new partner, Santa, uh, and I are kind of like trying to focus now how to make this better and like useful for recruiters and agencies, you know, because uh, we like in the test market of like what do you think will be work best for you, you know, like right. because now we we're focusing in us, you know, and uh, now we're working on like focus on an agency and, and give them the tools I think it will work for them best. Uh, but we obviously have so many friends, like creative directors and CCOs and even recruiters that text us like, hey, do you have, who, who you would recommend from the site? Like, can you have send me a list of creatives that you think are amazing, like it happens all the time. Uh, and we will be doing it for like, just because we want to help them. Uh, but we, we should charge for that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we are trying to understand the business part of it. Uh, yeah. But for now, we see it as a tool for a community of female creatives and underrepresented ta- talent, you know, uh, and how much we can give back in a sense. Uh, and obviously, if we start charging, doesn't mean that we're not going to give back. We always yeah, keep totally. the focus on, of, of uh, making the industry better, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, oftentimes of, you know, more female representation on the, just on the creative side, but also just in the leadership side. Um, I mean, what's your sense of where the industry is on that? Do you feel like it's improving or do you feel like we haven't even gotten, gotten started yet? I mean, you have these greats like Debbie Van Dieven and yeah, Tiffany yeah. Rolf who are, who are yeah. amazing. Like, They're um, amazing. I have like their yeah, I had the pleasure to work with Debbie and she's amazing. BML, it's, as an agency, like a company, it's like amazing. Like it's one of the best companies I ever worked for. Like yeah. they're like a company that for just a lot of great, like they love retaining talent. They know how to do it. And I think Debbie is a huge part of that, you know, which I yeah. think it's really great to, to be close to her. Uh, don't know Tiffany, but I, I heard great things about her. But yeah. definitely there is more space for leadership. Um, I think it's getting better. I feel it's getting better in the States. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Invisible Critics is global, and we, we see that there is a lot of in place for improvement in other countries. Yeah. Actually, for example, Spain is like a country that has a lot of female representation, uh, which is awesome. But I think actually, in my theory, like uh, Monica Moro, which is, I love her. She's like a, the CCO for Macan, Spain. She's one of like, I think she was the first uh, CCO, female CCO in Spain and, and, and she's been there for years. So that also opens you like 
to see other females be like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. Right? right. Like, it, like it, the more you see uh, as, as, as your mentor, it's like someone you can go and like reflect yourself, the more you think you can do it. And, mm -hmm. and that shows in the representation they have in Asia in, in Spain um, because she's been doing it for years, you know, and, and, and she not even doing it, but doing it great, which is really hard, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think... I see that in the States it's getting better. Obviously, things like the 3% and Seed Beat and the next creative leaders really help uh, nourish and mentor creatives, female creatives to get those roles, you know. Uh, but there's always, there's much more needed, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think every, like overall in diversity, there's much more needed. <laughs> like, yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. There's so much space for like, people of color and social economic backgrounds and, and uh, yeah, it's like a mix, you know, like, and I think like we need so much of everything, you know, it's not just female creatives. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you, to go back to your experience working on the, the tide campaign, you know, talking about the, just the variety of people that you got to work with, um, you know, that was probably like the most enjoyable part I felt when I was at Crispin and Boulder was, you know, we were, there was a guy from Ukraine and Australia and England and India. And it was just amazing to have all of these like, um, uh, you know, people who just came from all over the place to work together. And you could feel that the energy and the work was better because of that, you know, um, you know, I, I, I was just, you know, I'm from Kansas, so I just moved one state over, but everybody was sort of like a transplant, you know, yeah. and just felt, and so the community was a lot tight knit and you're, and you're working, yeah, you're working there and you're sleeping there and you're eating there and like, you're, <laughs> you're basically living there. Yeah. But I always felt like the work just improved tremendously with, with so many, you know, people from different backgrounds and things. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, it makes the work better. It's just like, it's just, just not your point of view. It's everybody's point of view. It's their own experience, where they worked before, you know, like, like our friend that was part of the title work that he is uh, from Italy. He came from Italy, Germany, you know, like that makes a huge difference. Like he, he lived every, like in another country, he lived in London, you know, like you have so much work that like you come with all those experiences to you. Like, same with the CCO, he's from Argentina, he worked in the Hispanic agencies and then from like the States and then he went to Mexico, now he's in Spain. Like there's so much you can bring when you, when you are from like all over the world, you know? And like, yeah. and you learn to think in so many different ways, I think too, like, because like you have to Americanize yourself in a way to, to respond to the right client, right? To the right consumer. Like it's not the same thing as, selling to another consumer so i think you get a little bit of a mix of that and it, it makes a better idea yeah 100%. i i think um flip you know flip is uh I, i've been partnered with flip for a little while and his it's fun to to concept with him because you know sometimes it's the absence of experience that he has with something that's like we're dealing with something in america and he's like i don't i don't know the reference but because he doesn't know the reference, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have like 
you know, he, he comes at things at a, at a different way that always, yeah, like, makes you, sense. you know, how, like ignorance is bliss, they say, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> he, he gets that bliss for sure, you know, on some things. So, yeah, it's that's what it makes it super fun. Um, with so going from that to mentor at home, those two are sort of like inter interconnected in, in a way, talk, yeah. So, yeah, so mentor at home, we we launched uh. 10 weeks ago, so during the quarantine, uh, we always had like people come to us and be like, can you find me a mentor? Do you know anyone can mentor me? And we're like, well, like mentorship is a little bit like a relationship, you know, like it's like hard to put people in a date, like set up someone in a date. We're like, it's better like if you go into like a speed dating kind of moment, you know, like you go like and like find someone that you really matches with you. Yeah. So mentor home came through that a little bit. And then again like going back to diversity i think it's harder to get a mentor it's it's um like the the lower level you are like the lower role you have in the agency or not even the agency like overall i think in any career and then uh we think it's so rich when you find a mentor you know like it like that person that can guide you and and make your work better and even like for life i think like you can even like set it doesn't have to be like someone that has much more experience than you, but someone that you can bounce ideas out. I mean, like, Hey, what do you think? And like, or like, I'm going through this at the agency or I'm going through this at life. Like, you know, like it comes, becomes like part of your life in a sense. Mm -hmm. And we felt that when we had it and when we have it, like Santa and I, like, even though we're partners, we're this recruiters, we mentor each other all the time. We feel like we are there for each other, you know? And, and, yeah. and it's, like so important for us like i think that we make the work better because we have that relationship you know and we thought that this is a moment that it's so needed right like we're in the middle of a pandemic people are like you know having their jobs they don't really know what it's going to happen you know the idea of having the chance to talk to someone that you admire or someone that that can give you a new perspective of like the all the doubts that you have uh we thought it could be really valuable and and from the 10 weeks it seems that it it's working and we're really excited about it um did you start it because of covid we were been talking for a while to do a mentor at home i think what covid facilitated was doing it like online which is awesome before it's like, okay. like we always thought about it like like in a real space and it, like center lives in london i live in new york you know, like it always felt so complicated to like make it happen. But yep. now it's like, everybody's at home. Like this is the time to do it. Like this is the amount of tests that we can do something like this. And we use Zoom, which is works great with the breakout room. So, um, so it really worked out for us in the sense, like the pandemic made it happen, you know, like mm -hmm. we've been talking about it for a while and, and, and this is, make it so much easier because it's just like we're connecting people from different parts of the world like we had one the other day uh mentor at home uh that it was the time zone on like so we had time people from like different time zones like australia india you know like i, I wake up at three in the morning and join them oh and, it were, and it was like so awesome because you had like all these people from different parts of the world like someone from london someone from amsterdam someone from from India or someone from Australia, you know, and, and you couldn't do that before. It's impossible. Yeah. Like the idea of having them all in a room, it's so cool, you know. Uh, 
So how, how does it work? So if I sign up, I sign up to be a men, uh, I sign up to be, to get a mentor. Like how, how yeah. does that, how do you? So now we're mostly focusing in, uh, we did mostly with female creatives mm-hmm. because we're visual creatives, but, uh, we are opening it to, to the people that need it. Uh, so what, the way we do it is we do five mentors, five mentees. Okay. And each mentee gets to see a mentor for 20 minutes. So, but before we match, like we have to match you, right? So like we go through a whole process, like you kind of like fill a questionnaire and we, based on your question, your answers, we kind of find you the best mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you have, you're meeting the person that you actually think you can get something out of it, right? Uh, so yeah, it's a bit, it's curated as much as we can. So you have the experience uh, that you can get something out of it. and. And what we've seen is a lot of people are actually connecting uh, after the mentor at home, you know, like they, they exchange numbers, WhatsApps uh, from different countries, which is amazing. Like there's, we did uh, a partnership with Khan uh, where we did three, three mentors together, uh, three different sessions of mentorship where um, for, uh, Sorry, I'm gonna backtrack, but it's like Khan okay. has a program called Seed Beat they do every year, and uh, they they're about to announce the winners. And one of the things they want to offer them was an opportunity to to be mentor because yeah. they do it at Khan and because physically they cannot be there. So we plan uh, three sessions because there's 15 winners, so we did uh, a session for five of them, and we partner with uh, with Khan and we brought uh, three presidents to be the mentors. Okay. So we had people like um, Luis Sanchez, which is the CCO of Almap, and we had uh, Liz Taylor, which is okay. yeah. from Chicago, yeah. uh, the CCO of Pulisys, uh and Leo. And like, we had like so many great people, like it, it's insane. Like the CCO, the CEO of, of Gray, Maruri, like, and like, all these, like, I was like, oh my God, like me as a creative, couldn't even believe it, you know? Yeah. Uh, the CCO of Adam, um, Adam and Eve, uh, DDV from yeah. London, you know? Yeah. So, and these 15 creatives that they got picked by Khan to be part of Seed Beat, they had the experience to meet all these mentors uh, for an hour. Each of them saw one for 20 minutes. And some of them are still talking, which is like amazing that you get to be one-on-one with the CCO uh, of Almap, you know, Almap, yeah. and then be like, okay, I still have his number. I can call him. Like he became my mentor all of a sudden. Like it's amazing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that can trust us, trusted us to do it together, you know, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's intimidating to try. I mean, I know that those people are so happy to help others, but it's intimidating to try to reach out to somebody at that level. It's intimidating to to try to reach out to somebody who's not at that level because you know that they're busy, um, you know, and just, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough to do that. And, you know, more often than not, they're, they're so willing and gracious to give you, to give you, you know, their time. Um, you know, to help. So this is like a, you know, it's a great idea to connect people that you otherwise would never be, you know, connected with. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And then next time you see them in the street that can, you know, you can say hi to them. Like you saw them, like you have 20 minutes. 
And what we love about the 20 minutes is that it's, it just goes straight to the questions. You just go straight to the conversation, you know, like what we ask them in these is to be as, as prepared as they can, you know, like to be, do their homework. You know, if you're saying someone like go with the right questions, you know that their person, like what type of work they did, what's the questions you want to talk to them and like don't waste the 20 minutes talking about COVID, you know, talk, yeah. talk about something that you really is going to be valuable to you. And if that's valuable and you want to talk about COVID, go ahead. But I'm yeah. saying, uh, whatever you think you can take out of it, you know, they're giving you 20 minutes of the time to, so you can learn. Yeah. And maximize it. Yeah. I mean, especially these people who, you know, they're in the trades. I mean, if they're, I, I mean, I'm an advertising nerd, so I geek out at like, you know, getting to meet somebody like Jerry Graff or like have somebody that like, um, my, my mentor, uh, one of them, Evan Fry, you know, before I got to Crispin, he was, he, you know, he was like my hero. Like I love, I like loved like everything he ever made. I was always so like inspired and impressed by like that moment to be able to be, to work with him and talk to him and mentor him was like probably the most valuable thing I you know, but in my career, but you're like, it's awesome that you're giving people the act that, that crazy access to be able to, to meet these people, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I think what, that's what you like. Also it comes from that. Like I had Javier Campopiano, the CCO at Sachi be my mentor, you know, and like it, it changed so much my life in a sense, you know, like he, he championed me, he gave me a space in the table, you know, like, you know, like he gave me the brief, like, you know, like it, it just, it, he taught me so much mm-hmm. that I, I, I think I value those relationships that I think there's something that we also want to give back in mentor at home. It's like, we have that. I hope everybody else has it, you know, and find someone that yeah. they can reach out to, you know, and, and it's so important. And also it's like so important to have allies overall, you know, like at the end of the day, all of them are amazing, but, but as, as we're talking about diversity, like the idea of like meeting the people who has the power to change the things, you know, and like they meet these creatives that they're so good, you know, you end up talking to them, maybe tomorrow they hire you and, and, and that's what makes the difference. Yeah, totally. Well, um, thank you so much for, uh, for all you do. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to, to, Uh, talk to me and uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron. See you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you to Maddie Kramer. You can find her work at maddiekramer.com and go to invisiblecreatives.com, especially if you're a recruiter or a creative or an agency. You need to check it out. I sincerely appreciate everyone who's come on the show and I'm looking for more. So if you're out there doing creative things outside of advertising, during this time, hit me up at aaronkathy808 at gmail.com. Okay, thanks. Bye.